Uh, no, I just, uh, for anybody that's listening, I might be uh, on the fence about whether uh, the program could work for them or not. I can tell you, you know, when I first jumped on a call with Doug, I really didn't know what to expect, but I, I did feel kind of like a calling yeah. of like, this was the right thing for me to do. And, and if, especially if it's around systems and being able to scale, I, I would uh, highly, highly recommend it. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, we got a special one for y'all this week. It's myself and Ryan Goldman. Uh, you guys heard from him about 30 or 40 episodes ago, I would say. Uh, Y'all heard his life story. Uh, if you haven't heard that episode, we'll include it, the original episode in the show notes so you guys can catch up on that. But we are at the end of our first 90-day engagement with uh, the Goldman team. And uh, it's been a wild ride, to say the least. But we feel like we're in a really good spot now. And uh, we kind of wanted to update you guys on everything that we've been doing in his business and what's been going really well you know, what we can improve on. And uh, so you guys kind of get some of that, that feedback that Ryan's given me on the consulting process, as well as what's been working for him. So uh, without further ado, Ryan, welcome to the show, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you put your faith in Argentina Consulting and the Building Great Sales Team's products. And we feel like, you know, this is kind of where we're at right now. And uh, if you're listening, uh, over uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can't see this, but I've put together what's the beginning of the uh, Goldman Team's take-home packet. And so it contains everything that we talk about in Kodak. And some of the 2.0 stuff is in your Google Drive available for you there. But I guess overall, what would you say this journey has kind of, kind of been like for you? Uh, it's been... Everything I was hoping it would be and more. Um, when I first got started, I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew that we were missing a lot of pieces that were going to get us to the next level. And what we really wanted to do was create the systems to be able to scale past this office. And we didn't have any of those things. And uh, we started working together. And, and slowly but surely, we've kind of put every little piece uh, in place. And... I feel like we're at a point now where we take this to 10, 15, 20 offices, no problem, and, and make it really duplicatable. Yeah, I think the the entry level thing that we did is is simply put those systems in place, right? You know, it was a lot of a lot of collaboration to do that, but because you know I've done this in my own business, obviously, and then been consulting for other clients, we were able to kind of plug and play in some areas, right? Uh, some of those areas being like the comp plan. That's probably if you look at all the complaints I've done for clients now, they probably look very similar, but they're completely different products. We've got, you know, Wildman Firewood, we've got the Goldman team, we've got uh, Design at Wraps, you know, um, there's uh, Cook and Associates, the high-end security company, you know what I mean? But they're all coming out kind of the same. Everybody wants to know the same things. Like, all right, how much am I getting paid for a deal? How many different products am I selling? And what are the commission on those? And then also, 
what am, what does it take for me to make six figures? You know, that's a big part of your recruiting is, you know, when, when people are coming in, taking from that, you know, 30 or 40 grand a year to that six figure mark, how hard is it to display that in some documents? Yeah. Yeah. It can be challenging. And I think that's uh, one of the things that separates us from most industries is nobody wakes up one day and wants to go work for a door to door commission only sales company, you know, but it's because they see that they have that opportunity to get to six figures that they stick around and they deal with the cold and the adversity and, you know, with the hope that one day they'll be able to get to that. That's one of the cool things is, you know, we're in St. Louis right now and I'm a Texas boy. So looking down and seeing snow under my feet is weird, you know? <laughs> so, um, but you guys at your biggest headcount ever, right? Yes, sir. You are trending to hopefully your biggest year ever. You just had your biggest year ever. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, everything's moving in the right direction to more than double. And uh, yeah, I mean, we quadrupled our best year last year. So um, year over year, it's, it's looking pretty good. So let's go back a little bit. You started to talk about this and I cut you off and I was like, no, this is good for the podcast. Tell me about Energy Wars. What's that all about? Man, so uh, back in the day, it would be uh, every week somebody was trying to recruit your people to, you know, for $5 more a sale. And uh, I had somebody that used to work in our office that went off to go do their own thing. And they literally got office space right above us. And every single morning they would be downstairs waiting for our new hires to come in and recruit them away to come and work for them. And it was just out of control. So I had a regional manager that I had three offices in Houston, right? And so we opened them up quick over like one year, we opened up three offices in Houston and uh, I had a regional manager for that area. And he was just one of those guys that could recruit his ass off, kind of like Tim, you know, really good recruiter and a hustler, you know what I mean? And so um, he decided he wanted to open up his own thing, like a lot of them do in our business, right? And so uh, we cut him loose or whatever, let him do his own thing. And then, you know, he tried to recruit people and it didn't work out. But we found out later on in one of our locations, he was showing up to the location and catching everybody before they came in the door for their opportunity meetings because he knew when they were. We were systematic as fuck, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So like he knew exactly when they were. And uh, so he would stand outside the front and recruit people away to his company. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it gets crazy. You know, generally uh, with people like that, I mean, you know, they're never able to keep people and it's never sustainable and, and that's, what they have to do to try to even have a business, try to, you know, steal other people away. And uh, usually they usually always come back after a couple of months and realize, uh, you know, wasn't going to take them to where they wanted to be. Yeah. And so talk about your original days a little bit in this business. Cause you know, you were, we were talking to your team today about everything that we're putting in place and uh, how, what you're, y'all were able to accomplish. You know, you told them, you know, I'm sure you don't wake up and decide you want to do door to door. And who in here wants to knock doors the rest of their life and nobody raised their hand, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so you, you told them a little bit about how y'all used to just strong arm this stuff back in the day, but it took you three years to get to where you are now and you're not knocking doors, you know? Yeah. Uh, so when I first started, I was 22 years old. Um, we didn't have any of these systems in place. It was just kind of... Uh, I was a really great salesperson, and, and I was really good at building relationships with people. 
you know, so because the relationship I built with them, they would uh, stick with me, you know, and they would make money because they were willing to put in the work. And uh, with all the systems that we have now, it's, you know, people are able to do in six to 12 months what it took me three years to get to. But I always had the mentality of like, I'll work six, seven days a week, 10, 12 hours a day, knowing one day I won't have to. Yeah, 100%. And that's one of the things I noticed when the meeting wrapped up, you know, I'm looking around, kind of watching everybody, seeing what they're doing and stuff. And there you are in the middle of a whole group of them, just chopping them up, you know what I mean? Talking about the business, talking about their personal life, all that kind of stuff. So I can kind of see that how you you do those trust deposits with them, or basically you invest your time in them individually and uh, that kind of strengthen, strengthens that relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. People uh, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So one of the things that we, you know, we're, we're in the middle of finishing up the last part of the process today. You know, we're, we recognize there's five or six things that we need to button up before we wrap up in about a week of the first 90 day engagement. And, uh, and we start talking about the, the schedule, right? And so this is a good teaching point for the listeners because when you're building for scale, you can't consider who you have in certain positions right now. So right now, you guys kind of have like a 50% regional and a 50% market manager in this position right now. So as we're developing the daily schedule for a manager, which won't be in that role, that hybrid role, right? Um, we went over to the board and we just started writing it out. And I think that was a real important part of this process because we had to change our thinking from, okay, what's working for St. Louis, you know what I mean? Or what's working for Maryland? What's gonna work for every office that we open up? That's how we have to start thinking a little bit. You had a moment where you were like, oh shit, yeah, now. And, and that's been kind of the, since the beginning, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, we have a way of doing things that work for us specifically, or, you know, we can strong arm it and, you know, we're doing three opportunity meetings a day. Uh, it's not systematic to where we could plug anybody into that, you know? And, and so that was kind of the realization is like, yeah, we're able to do it, but you know, these brand new offices are not able to do that, you know? So how do we create a system that's just duplicatable uh, across everywhere rather than just one specific office where, you know, yeah, we have more people with more experience to where we can, uh, overload, you know, these opportunity meetings, but most places wouldn't be able to do that. Right. Exactly. Um, one of the, the messages that we were pushing to is, you know, okay, we're building, we're building for scale and you have to recognize that we're playing to averages a little bit versus playing to the top person. Right. So one of the things that we put into place was minimum standards. And, uh, so we're going to develop some a document for that that way the expectation is set when they're onboarded they see these minimum standards you know what i mean and they sign and agree to them uh how important do you think those are going to be for you guys moving forward i think it's going to be a critical piece i mean it's one of the challenges that we've had is we let people stick around sometimes too long uh, just because we do care about people and and i always want to see people succeed but uh, it doesn't do anybody any services if they're sticking around and they're not making money and, yeah. you know, they could be working at Walmart, you know, and making more money than the effort that they're putting in here. So uh, one of the things that uh, my buddy Wayne used to always say was 
uh, we're doing a disservice to you and you're doing a disservice to us. If you're not able to perform at these minimum standards, then um, you're going to be better off somewhere else earning the same amount of money for a lot less work. Yeah. Or maybe something you're more passionate about earning more money. You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And that's the other challenge too is that it, when you have top performers and they see you just settling for mediocrity, you know, it just kind of creates a negative culture. One of the things that was real important to me um, this past year when I had my solar team was taking the average, which on our campaigns before was roughly about 42 grand per sales rep to now, you know, it was closer to 70 to 80 grand per sales rep, right? So it's like, we can go wide, recruit a bunch of people, create this massive organization, and then we kind of have to shrink a little bit to create a higher quality per or quality of income per rep, you know, and there's a strategy behind that, you know, there in the way you hire, in the way that you train, in the way that you do like benefits and stuff like that, you know, or maybe um, going W2 at a certain level of management, right? So that's what I love about sales programs is you can kind of tweak things here and there to get the outcome that you want, you know? It's all a little piece to the puzzle. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like I said, when we first got started, I had no idea how it was going to look, and, and uh, but it's, it's been an amazing transformation. So I, I think one of the things that we found out today a little bit, and, you know, hey, it got a little uncomfortable because, like, you were coming down on them in terms of their personal production, you know what I'm saying? Kind of making sure that they led from the front. But then I also had to, like, have that conversation with everybody in the room, like, all right, you've got to be the best seller you've got to make sure your turf's there you know what i'm saying you got to make sure you're now granted not everybody was doing this you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of bs across the table i understand that but when you look at the position itself at the manager level right managing turf uh recruiting training new people and then selling on top of it, what's going to happen if you don't have good systems in place, right? What's going to happen is they're going to be overloaded and they're going to burn out, not necessarily from sales in the field, but from the position as a whole, right? So the more that we can create systems for them that are automatic and systematic or minimum standards that they can manage based on minimums versus managing based on the situation of that sales rep, the less, emotional and mental energy is drained right so they do have the energy to go out there and, and high roll their office if they want to or recruit five more people to the team you know what i'm saying and so um how important do you think it is to be looking at the manager job position or even trainer or regional and make sure that hey where we can be systematic or where we can automate things we we do yeah, I think it removes some of the excuses, you know, there's a difference between being busy and being productive. And I think that's a lot of times what happens, especially when people are newer managers or newer leaders, uh, learning how to, you know, deal with the team and still be able to get their own sales. Um, and that's what it is, if we can remove some of the administrative stuff from them to where they can focus on driving sales and, and leading from the front. Everything else kind of takes care of itself. So one of the things we used to always say is our field, our, our assistant managers are our field generals, right? So they're the ones out in the field leading the sales, training the new guys coming in, 
And then the uh, managers back at the office uh, are more of the offensive coordinators, you know? And so the assistant managers, like the quarterbacks on the field, but I think it is incredibly important in any position in any business to, to systemize, automate, delegate, eliminate where you can, right? You hear that all the time. But if you do that, you open, again, it's not a matter of that person can't do all those things. It's like, all right, do I want them doing those things, which are like 10, 15 hour tasks? Or do I want them doing these things, which is what they're really good at and uh, giving me a way better ROI because they're more into producing activities, right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, exactly. So uh, you, y'all got some fun stuff going on. Tell me about that. You got something going on this weekend? Yeah, we have a recruiting event. We try to do one, you know, every month, every other month. Um, so this month it's a pizza punch and prizes. So we have a little sales contest going on. Uh, we got a 65-inch TV, um, meta virtual reality thing. I don't, even know. I don't know. You just went and spent a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of money. But, yeah, just, just some cool stuff. And uh, we always try to encourage people to bring in their, you know, people that may be interested in the job, you know, friends. Um, as they start making, you know, $1,000 paychecks, you know, a lot of times their friends are like, you know, what are you doing? And it's kind of a non-invasive way for them to come and check out our business and, and, you know, meet the the leadership team and, you know, hopefully get them in and get them started. Yeah. So one of the things that people always ask me is like, how do I recruit good salespeople? Well, Ryan just gave you a strategy right there. You do a team night, you know, once every two weeks or once a month, you know, and this can work in any business. It doesn't have to be a door to door or commission only. I mean, this could even work for staff. You know, a lot of people come to work for companies just because they recognize that, one of their friends or family members are working there and they're happy, you know what I'm saying? Or they're crushing it or they're making big checks or they got a great opportunity. So sometimes it's about showcasing that and showcasing your culture, which probably was one of the most on point things. Whenever I came in and did that audit, I recognized right away is like, you know, Ryan's got his guys loyalty. Like he's got his guys fired up. They're excited to be here. You know what I mean? They just need some tools to help them while they are here. You know, and so that's what we've been we've been doing this last ninety days or so. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's a it's a people business, you know, and uh, you, you attract who you are, not what you want. And you know, I, I've always kind of exhibited that loyalty, and, and so a lot of my guys kind of exhibit the same thing. But uh, it's a massive recruiting tool, you know. It's, I, I know if I have a sharp salesperson, if they bring somebody in, they're probably going to be just like them, and and also a, a sales beast, you know. So. So what are y'all's, uh, some of y'all's goals for this year? So we're looking at uh, trying to open up four more offices this year. We want to do $11 million in commissions, and we want to help 20 people earn $100,000 plus. Hell yeah. Man, and so y'all heard that, $11 million in commissions, okay? A lot of you solar guys, a lot of you roofers and construction guys love to throw out these massive numbers. But that's the construction part of the deal. That's the marketing part of the deal or whatever the case is. He's just talking about commission only. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And so I just wanted to point that out because I love to. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic, man. Um, that's going to be incredibly important. And uh, I think having those big goals, having those big targets, 
and it, it's it's not that out of the realm of possibility. It's it's not. Uh, we have it mapped out, and we got to get to about 150 to 180 agents to to make that happen. So um, we're we're tracking for it. You know, we're on track to be at uh, probably over 60 after quarter one, and uh, hopefully be at 100 by halfway through the year, and just kind of carry that momentum through the end of the year. Hell yeah. That's one of the things y'all did really well when we looked at the data metrics is the recruiting, right? We're right on track or ahead of that 60 right. count. Yeah, we're ahead of it. So your your target by the end of March was 60, right? 60 agents, yeah. Yeah, and right now you guys are training to 68. Yep. And that's when there's snow and, on the ground. And we haven't really been recruiting out in Maryland. And so we're sending Tim out there and we're going to turn it up out there. And uh, I'm confident we'll, we're going to blow past probably 70, 75 by the end of March. What are some of the other markets that you guys are looking at? And just in case anybody listening is looking for a new opportunity. Yeah. So the next one we're really looking at is New Jersey. Um, we have the ability to be in Massachusetts, New York, Minnesota. Um, but New Jersey is kind of the one that's on our sites as far as the, the next place. And so what does it take to get to that leadership level in your company? What are you going to have to see from them in terms of the intangibles and then the tangible? So for me personally, the, the thing I look for the most is uh, like just a commitment to personal growth. Um, if somebody comes in and they're willing to learn, they're willing to be coachable, I could teach that person how to make six figures. You know, what we do is pretty simple. Yeah. It takes hard work. You have to be willing to put the work in. And, uh, but if you're coachable, willing to do the work, we'll show you how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So what's, uh, what's next for you outside of, uh, clay solutions here? I, you know, eventually I would love to be a motivational speaker. You know, I hope that one day I'll be able to impact, uh, people who might be struggling in kind of a similar way that I was, you know, with, uh, drugs and alcohol and, um, just let them know there's hope, you know? And so I, I really want to make an impact, uh, on as many people as I possibly can in a positive way. So definitely want to get into some real estate too, and eventually start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the book. yeah, that's the easiest way to, uh, become a speaker is to build your own stage. And so for me, my first stage was the podcast a hundred percent. And then that opened up opportunities to uh, talk at other people's events and everything because they had heard my podcast and liked what I had to say. And then from there, you know, it's just about, yeah, you got to be able to willing to jump on stage for free and put in the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like doing it all over again. That's it. Absolutely. Well, brother, uh, I appreciate you as a client. I appreciate you as a friend. We're going to go uh, hang out after this and jump on a, uh, a mastermind tonight. <laughs> always learning, always developing. Um, you got anything else you want to cover? Uh, no, I just, uh, for anybody that's listening, that might be uh, on the fence about whether uh, the program could work for them or not. I can tell you, you know, when I first jumped on a call with Doug, I really didn't know what to expect, but I, I did feel kind of like a calling yeah. of like, this was the right thing for me to do. And, and if, especially if it's around systems, and being able to scale, I, I would uh, highly, highly recommend it, you know, and it's been, uh, you know, I, I couldn't even give a ROI, you know, on, on what we've done. What we
I, I mean, it's it's been way more than uh, than than what I expected. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, sat down with your team today, and you know, I take it with a grain of salt because the boss is present. You know what I mean? And they don't want to, you know, talk down on anything. But for the most part, it was positive feedback. The biggest things I heard was the opportunity meeting, what had a lot of impact, and then the baseball card from a point of accountability. Yeah. So if you don't know what those things are, reach out to me and I'll, I'll share that with you. But other than that, you know, I did recognize whenever you first signed up, you were just like gun ho and ready to roll. And I was like, I wonder if by the end, like if he's going to feel like he got his money's worth. Right. And obviously you're saying you did, but more importantly, you signed up for another 90 days with our consulting. So yeah. that was my ultimate validation right there. And, uh, so we're going to work together for another 90 days. We're going to do some 2.0 stuff, making sure that your guys have all the mindset and development training that they need in place, uh, that we have, we're going to do some things like a uh, location ROI, making sure you're getting a return on income on each location that you open up, plus projections on future locations and stuff, kind of understanding, okay, from a financial standpoint, when should I expect to get an ROI if I open up two offices at once, like we've been talking about, you know? Yeah. And uh, with the way that you guys are scaling in this office, and just so you guys understand, this is how you take over the whole country, right? You have your first office, right? And sometimes it's not the office that the owner is located in. So you have your incubator office. This is the office where you develop your leadership, where like your culture is the strongest and you have a plethora of candidates. You know what I mean? And so St. Louis is one of those middle-class cities that is perfect for recruiting because of that. Because if they want to make 50 grand a year, they got to go work at a warehouse, basically. You know, yeah. there's not a whole lot of opportunity. There's not a massive amount of opportunity here, right? Like in some of the other markets. But, you know, it's, an, it's enough to where they can go out and, and find work. So the people that are coming, coming in here are going to want a six figure income, right? Yeah, there's and, not many places they can go in St. Louis. Yeah, there's and, not many places they exactly. can go in St. Louis. And, but there's still enough population income. to have good recruiting. And so this is a great, what I like to call them, incubator office, office of origin. You know what I mean? You're gonna develop your leaders here, promote out from here to the other offices. And then everybody that you're recruiting, it's, you know, they're, they're young, they don't have a lot of attachments and stuff like that. So they're able to go and start a new life and open up a new, you know, six figure business in another office. So. That's kind of the model to work there. And then what happens is the culture that you created in this office, which is your core office, gets pushed out to all your locations versus it going from one location to the next to the next and getting diluted as it goes, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think we're going we're gonna to see that happen here because you've already got three or four guys that are going to be ready to open up their own offices in like six months. Yeah. So to me, that's open two offices at once you've got a location like this that you're investing into and uh developing leaders from yeah, that's yeah that's, we're, we're excited for it bro. well i appreciate you coming on the podcast having me out here again and then getting set up for another 90 days let's get building all right Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to execute on what you just heard and let's get building.
As always, remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts. You can also head on over to buildinggreatsalesteams.com and sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast. See you next time.